Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things around investment management and the business of running an RIA firm. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, Manish, you just returned. Our topic for today, our big one, is uh, Wealthstack Conference. You just returned from that conference. And uh, you know, obviously, it's been kind of a big thing in, in a lot of the social media and, and references to uh, the news articles and, and so forth. So we thought it would be good to talk about your conference. You attended. I didn't. So I've got some questions for you. Sound like a plan? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So, so first and foremost, I mean, what was your um, sort of thought or, or reasoning behind going to this particular conference over over some of the others that are out there? Well, you know, as you know, it was thrown by inside ETFs, but mainly by Ritholtz Wealth Management. Mm -hmm. And um, just quickly, you know, we both started in this industry a long time ago, and we both have spent most of our careers in this industry. And we've always been taught, you know, speak vaguely. You know, don't don't speak high, you know, about a position too focused, right? Skirt around it. You might piss someone off. And uh, Josh Brown with the reform broker years ago came out and I'm OK. I'll admit that I'm a fan of his and, and follow his stuff. And he sort of inspired a, a big generation of financial advisors to speak their truth. Right. Say what you believe in. Say it strongly. And you may piss some people off and that's OK because you know your truth and that's what you have to ride with. So them throwing this conference was a big driver uh, in me going and also their sort of combination of wealth and, and tech. And so, I, you know, I'm a fan of their work and what they put out and, and how they sort of speak their truth. And, and that's one of the reasons that it appealed to me, at least. Cool. Cool. Now, you've attended other I think it's valuable to say you've attended other conferences. What was your first impression of this conference? Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> diversity. Um, really? You know, a lot of. In what way? You know, a lot of the other conferences that uh, that we have gone to, uh, I always say, are, are stale and pale. And um, <laughs> and, and this is a, a, a big uh. change from that in, in the sense that, you know, the, the amount of women, the amount of uh, people of color, um, young, old, white, black. It, it was just a good mix of people that were there which is not only a, a racial thing or a minority thing, but it's also a, a diversity of opinions and thoughts and backgrounds. And I thought in terms of the diversity of it, they, they nailed it. Good, good. Well, I know, I mean, obviously this, so this conference, right, is, is about investing tech and the, the future of advice was kind of their concept, practice management more so than product. So uh, separate from that, <laughs> how was the food and the organization and right some of those things? Because let's face it, right? It's it's almost like a first date. Your first impression is is huge, and you you gave us your first impression. But your overall feel for this conference in some of those ancillary things, what was that like? Yeah, I think they made a mistake with the hotel, which they'll admit, and it was a, a mistake because they didn't think they'd have this many attendees. The hotel, in terms of the conference setup, I, it wasn't set up to handle 700 people. I think initially they went for 500 and 700 signed up. So that, that caused some problems. Um, gotcha. And, and maybe this speaks to, to my overall girth, but I, I did not enjoy the food at all. Um, <laughs> but uh but that's probably a good thing because you sort of eat less. But it was it, you can tell some conferences sort of, you know, get cheap with the food and, and with the refreshments because, you know, we've ran conferences before. It's a huge spend. Right. 
And, and listen, I, if we're going to give the pros, we're going to give the cons as well. And, and, and that from a food perspective and, and the Wi-Fi was horrible. I mean, little things like that were, were probably in the con column, but those things are, you know, it's a first time, you know, the first time, I don't know if you remember the first time we threw a conference, you were there as an attendee. I, you know, there's a long list of things that we messed up. So, you know, I'm not going to hold them to it. Uh, yeah, well, life's a learning opportunity, right? That's a, there's another good noism. Um, yeah. Was it in the, in light of of some of those things? Was it pretty easy to interact with? Um, you know, the the fewer vendors that were there. I mean, this is one of the things that I took away just from as I was watching some of the tweets and other social media during the conference was that it was much less product people and and vendors and many many more advisors so was it easy to find a spot to have a conversation with another advisor it was i I will say this uh, from a if i was a product provider um one of the things that probably would bother me is that i don't think they forced enough people uh into the room which is, I think is on purpose. They didn't want this to be, you know, a, a product fair. And so, you know, other conferences right. have certain time where they, where they have the meet and greet in the exhibit hall. So you go in there and you're forced right. to talk to people, but when you're forced to do something, you're not doing it for the right intentions to begin with. So you're just in there right. eating and drinking next to a booth. I, I don't think it solves the problem. So there was plenty of time and space to talk to other advisors and product providers. Um, and they had it sort of off to the side, but accessible. So I think it was a good mix. Um, I don't know how the product providers feel about it. Maybe they want more interaction in that setting. But, you know, we weren't there in either capacity. So we were just there to sort of as an attendee. So. Right, right. So what was your, I mean, as far as takeaways, like what was most impressive to you or, or who, you know, maybe it was a speaker. I mean, I, I'm, I'm tossing that out there. You know, there were some heavy, heavy hitters like uh, Joe Duran and Peter Malouk and things like that. But, you know, I really liked the social media panel uh, because it, it was really? more than just, hey, let, let's post a, a picture of my spaghetti on Facebook. It was it was people <laughs> explaining their actual path and how they came about social media and, and the content they produce. And I think that was powerful because they went through examples of how they, you know, focus on video and then slice and dice that video into different pieces. And and it was four of them up there, all progressive and in front of the curve when it comes to social media. And and that was something that was that was really helpful because I think a lot of financial advisors and, and honestly, I don't care if you're 30 or 70, you need to hear that that social you may not even get a lot of business on social media, but it allows you to get in front of people to tell your story. And it also allows you to improve an advisor to find your story and, and to be visible because even the 60, 70, 80 year olds, if they're looking for someone, if they're looking for a restaurant or even an advisor, the first thing they do is going to Google you. That's the first thing everyone does to see who you are, what you do. And it's sort of, we talk about the spider web of social media. It starts with a website, then it goes to the different mediums and blog and video. And, and it just has to be a part of your day uh, if you want to grow or be relevant. Right. And, and I have to admit, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm talking to advisors all day long. And, and when I, 
you know, maybe they, they see some of our material or they reach out or, and, and obviously I have to make a connection with them. It's amazing to me how many have either no website or, or just, you know, very archaic. So it's good to see. I'm excited to hear that there's, there's somebody actually talking about not just saying, Hey, you got to do this, but here's how we do it. Here are the stumbling blocks that we've run into, or here's how we've progressed because ultimately you're right. I mean, you know, we all want that next generation client, the, the, the sons and daughters of our current clients. But, you know, if you're not going to interact with them the way they want to interact, you're not going to get them. I don't care how good you are. It's just the nature of the beast. Well, listen, you hit the nail on the head. And what I mean by that is other conferences have social media consultants, right? People who are <laughs> in the social media arena, but have never ran a financial advisory business. And what I loved about this panel is they were practitioners. Right. They were financial advisors first but they were really good at social media and marketing and were spreading their story and spreading their truth. And that was, it's powerful when, when you know that person's not full of shit because they're actually doing it themselves. Right. So, you know, the last thing I need is a LinkedIn, LinkedIn specializer <laughs> who's telling me how to do something that, and they've never actually done anything themselves. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm curious, was Ritz Holt, Ritz Holtz part of the panel that you talked about? Because obviously they do a ton of social media stuff. No. Well, that's that. No, no. And that's yeah. that's a good thing. Like they they were smart about not making it a Ritholtz conference. They were very good. smart I about mean, that. I, I, you and I both agree. We we like and follow several of their their folks. But uh, but yeah, they've, they've definitely tapped into a, an arena that and have done a pretty good job of it. So I think this is important, right? Because we've got obviously advisors that are listening. So my question to you would be, what uh, is there a particular type of advisor that you would recommend look at the 2020 conference? You know, I mean, who what kind of an advisor would have really not only appreciated, but really benefited from this conference? I think the type of advisor that would benefit is the one that's scratching the surface. And what I mean by that is, let's say you have a website you have your social media channels, but that's it, right? You don't know where to take it next, but you've done the basics. You know, you put the, the building blocks in place and you want someone to take you over the hump. For example, there was a guy there that specialized in podcasts and how to set it up, what mics to use, what, <laughs> did, where did to you host grab it, him that kind of stuff. Questions because well, no, I mean, I showed him, I showed him ours and he said, you're actually doing a good job. So <laughs> You know, kudos, but, but no, he's taking someone from right. scratch who wants to do a podcast and, and helping them out. So, but someone who's doing a podcast normally already has a website and a social and likely a blog. So that's my point. Like someone who has the building blocks in place, mm -hmm. but sort of wants the next level expertise and, and there's people there that can help. And, and he's, here's one of my favorite parts about this. People were willing to help. Other advisors were willing to pull really? you aside and say, listen, this is what I did. This is what I didn't do versus other conferences. I recall one of my first ever conferences. I went to a competitor and said, hey, man, great presentation. Can you tell me a little bit more about this product? And he looks at me and says, none of your business and walks away. And I just think that's I mean, listen, there's so much money out there. Yeah. Are we competitors? Are we frenemies? <laughs> Maybe. But I've never been to a conference where people are so open and Sounds willing cool. to lend a helping hand. And it's contagious because when people were asking me, I'm like, hey, here's my email. I'll tell you exactly what we did and how we did. Uh, wh right. Why hide? Why hide? And so I, I, that was that was probably one of the best parts about the conference is the openness. That's, in my that's opinion. exciting to hear. So I'm going to flip this one. It's maybe a really short answer, but who shouldn't attend? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, it, 
Oh, this goes back to our last episode yeah. on LinkedIn. You know, like if you don't, if you don't have a website, if you have a LinkedIn with no picture, if you don't have a Facebook page, if these things aren't even in the realm of your <laughs> marketing, if you're still doing plate licking seminars, you know, just don't bother. It's a waste of time and money. All right. So, uh, no, I appreciate it. So did you meet any good advisors? I mean, you're talking about all these people that, uh, that were willing to help and, and chime in and so forth. I mean, obviously it's not necessarily, we're not there for prospecting, but obviously as you interact with other advisors, that's, that's part of what we do. Um, how was that, uh, find anybody interesting? Yeah, we, we met a good amount of people. I mean, I think it's clear and I made it clear that, listen, we do manage, you know, money for advisors. We help other right. advisors out. That's our clientele. No different than some of the other sort of uh, PR and folks that were there. They were talking to advisors as well. You know, in, in that kind of environment, it's it's just really meeting good people and, and hearing their story right. and, and less about products. So, you know, after the right. conference, I've got a couple calls and emails and DMs. We're like, hey, you know, you mentioned the 43B thing. I have this great, you know, hospital next to me. Do you want to talk about it? Other than that, it, you know, I was hands off. Like, you know, this is right. who I am. This is what I do. And um, and it, it wasn't it wasn't a product product pitch, you know. Right. Well, it's uh, like, look, life's short. You and I joke about this all the time. Life's short. And it's it's so much more important to work with the people that you want to work with. So I, I'm in a total agreement. It's always more fun to just find good people. And if, oh, by the way, we happen to be in a position where we can do some business, then that's great. Uh, but the last thing we want to do is, you know, be, be pitching crap all the time and and doing business with stuff that uh, folks that are a PETA. Um, so give me a give me a simple ranking, right? One to ten. Uh, 10 being the best. Uh, was it a Bo Derek running across the beach? What do we got? <laughs> I, I would probably give it an eight. I, I think, and I think if you ask them, they would probably give it an eight. There's some things that need to be improved. Um, some of the ancillary things we talked about earlier. Um, but I will say, I think they, they are putting some fear in old school tech providers, conference providers. And you can tell on yeah. Twitter, some of these you know, old guard tech conference throwers are, are real salty on Twitter and getting getting a little angry that they're not getting the love. So do I think this is going to be the dominant tech conference in the next couple of years? Yes. Interesting. I, I do. I do find that intriguing because, again, it's it's primarily put out there by another RIA that is competing with all of us listening. Right. As opposed to a tech company or someone who's just trying to make money on putting together a conference. So um, that that's a that's a definitely an interesting perspective, and maybe that's why it felt a little different. Yeah, you know, they they made it. Maybe it sounds like they probably, made probably probably. It sounds like they made a conference that they would want to go to. <laughs> like, gee, what a yeah, what I mean, a genius no idea, than, right? Than, yeah, it's no different than you and I investing. You know, most of our assets and 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 Potomac strategies. It's it's not right. for any other reason that we believe in it, right? And it's no different right. than them. They they believe in this type of conference. And here's the thing: if you're worried about them competing, then don't go. <laughs> Stay home. <laughs> Good call. Good call. All right. So yeah. so to to sum some of this up, I mean, would you go again? Do you think you're going to go again next year? I think so. I mean, listen, everyone and their mother throws a conference in September. So, you know, we're going to have to see how it how it lines up with the right. different people we work with. And and but, you know, and where it is, you know, I, if it's cross country again, it's hard, a cross country trip for a day and a half is, is a little taxing. Um, but I, you know, besides my personal stuff and personal schedule, I, I would definitely attend again for sure. Cool. All right. Well, on that note, I think we've pretty well knocked out. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that advisors who are listening know and understand about the Wealthstack Conference? 
Literally, we pretty well covered. No, but my but no, but my recommendation is directly associated with the conference. Okay. So let well, me jump was, into that's that. That's where right I was now. going next. So fire away. Okay. So because the food sucked, uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of times at the at the English pub in the lobby of the restaurant, which oddly enough served fajitas and tacos in addition to burgers. And I don't know, it was English by name. So uh, one of their white ales was called Four Peaks White Ale. Uh, and we'll put it in the show notes. I, I, I thought it was fantastic. Maybe it was really? just because there was no other choice, but <laughs> but it was delicious. I'm a Belgian ale, white ale fan. Right. And, um, you know, conference conferences get a little out of control sometimes. So we we uh, we enjoyed a couple, but that that's all I got for this week was that recommendation. All right. What about you? Uh, easy enough. I'm actually, uh, I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. What I want to give a recommendation for isn't available yet. So I'm going to give you the prelude. And the prelude is... Uh, if you've ever watched The Office, one of my favorite actors there is John Krasinski. And yeah, he was funny as all get out on the show. The Office ran for almost 200 episodes, I think. But ultimately, he switched gears and and did something, a movie a few years ago called, uh, I want to make sure I get it right, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Right. I mean, he where is it? Where is it? it on? It's uh, you can see it on Prime and it's it's replayed in Prime, a lot of okay. different places. It, you don't just have to get Prime. OK. But he totally got, I mean, not that he was in bad shape before, but the dude's ripped. And and it shot, you know, like anything, when you see an actor who's good at one thing, especially comedy or or something totally opposite spectrum, in this case, drama, military, whatever, you don't necessarily see them crossing. But this guy does a phenomenal job. And so I'm going to make that for my recommendation. And then down the road, when Jack Ryan is already on Prime, I'm kind of doing a double See, here. See, that's what I was going to. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you if that's the same guy from Jack it, it Ryan because he, he got ripped up for that role oh, too. Yeah. Well, see, most people don't realize if you didn't see oh, the. Oh, yeah, go. Jack Ryan, uh, season two is November. It's in November second. Correct. See, okay, okay, fine. Steal my thunder, sir. <laughs> Dude, that ship. That show is awesome. I'm getting ready to start watching. That's that's what brought this to my attention. I decided I keep checking like every few days. When's it going to be available? When's it going to be available? And I finally decided, you know what? I'm going to watch the first season again. Okay, yeah. So that I'm prepped for November, but <laughs> it won't take me that long to get through it. But then in the scheme of things, I thought, you know what? I actually I want to go watch. And, and that's what I'm going to watch this weekend. I'm going to watch 13 hours again because that was a really, really good show. And that was the first time I saw I him jump out. out of that role of of a comedian and kind of a dry comedian to something that is just, you know, when you can do both. that now all of a sudden your actor status just it, it goes up a notch. Goes so, up. so there you go. That, that's that's pretty, right, pretty cool. much it. Uh, Let's wrap this up. On that note, uh, obviously, we appreciate those that are watching the podcast. Like, share, subscribe. We're available on iTunes. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. We got our first two reviews. We got two five-star reviews on Apple. Oh, really? You hadn't even told me that. Yeah. See, I just saw breaking it news live right here on our podcast. Dude, we're on our way to a multi-million dollar podcast. <laughs> Before, All you advertisers, line up. <laughs> Before long, we'll have... 10 subscribers. <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right. All right. I got to go. Yeah, easy enough. So do that. If you have any comments, go to our connect page on our website, www.potomacfund.com. And we'll catch you next time.